Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. We've got Gabe behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And it's been quite the week in real estate, to put it mildly. If you want to tune into the live stream, we're on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram every week. Give us a subscribe, a follow. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So, ladies, this has been – Stacy's taking a video of me. That's fantastic. <laughs> I do it every week, though, so who am I to, who am I to judge? Uh, it's been a week in real estate. There's been a lot of things that have happened from the rate drops on Friday – the Fed reaction over the weekend. So let's get into you know really really the thick of it here because to me this is going to be one of those defining moments for real estate agents and for consumers as we end the year in terms of what's going to be the right decision and how things are going to go for them. So a lot of people didn't realize this. I was shocked how many people didn't know this that our team reached out to over the past four, five, six days here. I guess it's been five, um, about interest rates. It was the single biggest drop in one day ever in interest rates coming down from just north of 7% to 6.5%. There's a lot to unpack here. Ladies, what are you hearing from consumers right now? What do you think about all this? I mean, the the inflation data was a a little softer than anticipated that caused this drop. What's your reaction been? What What are your clients saying right now? Well, most of my clients had no idea. Shocking so, to me. I, I'm, yeah. I'm being serious. Yeah, truth. Um, so it was, it was great to be able to come to them with, uh, you know, this positive news for once in a new cycle, right? <laughs> um, and to be able to really actually discuss with them what that means for them, how much money they could save, and you know, possibly increase their price point based on this new uh, information. So there were a number of them that were really excited. They were hoping for a bigger drop, obviously. But um, I think this was definitely positive. And for the most part, the re- the reception I got from my clients were very positive. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and I, I also agree that, you know, a common thing that I heard was, oh, good. Well, I'm going to wait for them to drop more, <laughs> which, you know, then it was Fascinating about. Fascinating to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Which then it was kind of about explaining that, you know, that's not something to hold your breath on. Um, this dip was very exciting. And when you combine it with the other factors that are going on, um, you know, a couple of people pulling out of the market, showing time, um, like showings being down for somebody who is motivated, like you, this could be all of your pieces lining up right. Now, I think to a lot of buyers, they're still going to say, well, the interest rates are still too high, yada, yada, yada. However, this this is them winning and having everything kind of lining up um, for some real potential for them right now. You hit on something really important there, Sarah, that we've heard kind of two things over the past two years. The market's too hot. There's not enough inventory. I don't want to compete. That's one of them. Or interest rates are too high, and they're going to keep going up. I'm going to wait for them to come down substantially. So what's happened now, and, and this data is so, so important, is that we've seen interest rates drop from seven and a quarter to 6.5%. So on a $400,000 loan with a 30-year fixed payment, that's a $207 a month savings. And what we've also seen happen is that inventory is down anywhere from 29 to 34%, depending on which county you're in, Philadelphia, Chester, Montgomery, Delaware County. 
And on top of that, so inventory's up on, on 29 to 34%. And we've seen showing activity drop in the Northeast 10.1% according to showing time. I don't know what else people are waiting for unless I they're know. not that motivated. And I think that that's what a lot of agents don't get is that it might not be about the market. It might be about their personal situation, which we're going to get into later in our final segment. If you've been waiting, though, like this is this the is time. The this time. is the window of opportunity. And I would argue with the holiday season coming up, we've got Thanksgiving next week. There's always like a deal to be had around the holidays. And what I mean by a deal is there's less competition. People check out. Some people want to get out before the end of the year. I see this as a window of opportunity in a lot of ways for consumers that are out there. And if they're not looking, I just question how serious they are in the first place. Right. And I think that if you are, you know, between that time, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, if you're out looking, you're most likely a pretty serious buyer mm-hmm. that's ready to to put forward, you know, a real offer. Um, so those are people that it's worth spending your time going out and doing those those showings. Um Absolutely, because they're they're probably motivated. And, you know, sometimes sellers will set timelines in their head where maybe they wouldn't be able to be out by the end of the year. But like, I just got to get this under contract by the end Mm -hmm. of the year. Like, I don't want to still have my home on the market come 2023. So I think there is a lot of, you know, a lot working in your favor right now um, if you want to get out there. Yeah, I have to agree 100 percent. I think there's real opportunity now. Um, this is probably the best buying conditions that we've seen mm-hmm. since the market opened up in 2020 uh, you know, for buyers. Less competition, more inventory, mm-hmm. and we had a dip in the interest rates. Now, there's argument that they would say, well, the interest rates are higher. Well, yes, they are than mm-hmm. before, but they were those interest rates were historically, I mean, I, they were the lowest ever. Right. And they will... Guarantee they're not coming back. No, (laughs) that was an anomaly. And it just it was because of the the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is this is like the prime opportunity for buyers at this point. So you you bring up a couple good points, Sarah, what you said, the buyers are motivated right now looking the sellers on the market. They are also equally serious about selling. Yes. Anyone they're opening that up during when they're trying to do holiday stuff and like they're letting people come through. Yeah. Yes. And, it's, and, and historically, they're, they're, to me, it's always that there's deals to be made this time of year. And as my when I put my buyer hat on or my consumer hat versus me being a real estate agent, which is tough given how long I've been doing this, I'd rather be the one out there looking when there's less competition. Mm-hmm. You're not dealing with 10, 15 other offers. There's some people that just make up this decision. They're not doing anything until next year because their friends told them to or they got some advice, which to, to me is not the best way to approach it. I, I am so clear on this that the savvy consumer that's in the know on what's happening, that has a good agent that's telling them this information, that's getting the word out like you two ladies did. You called your clients and told them, hey, here's what's going on. And they had no idea. And they're trying to do a real estate transaction right now. This is mind-blowing to me. Th- th- there is such opportunity here. And I, th- the rates are going to be unpredictable. Mm-hmm. They could go back up. There's some stuff we're going to unpack here in a second from the, the Federal uh, Reserve Chairman statement from over the weekend it was like two days, and they already came out and tried to squash all this optimism in the market. And I, I would just rather be paying, like, the asking price for a home than bidding $100,000 above and waiving everything. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, just a safer bet for the consumer. There's more certainty there. There's more clarity. And, look, rates could go down in the future. If they don't, you're locked in lower. If they do go down, you can refinance. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the, there's options there as well. But one thing we do know is looks like prices are going to keep going up. At least that's what most people are predicting 
And there's going to be more people back in the market after the first of the year. Historically, that's always when it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people are going to wait through the holidays. Oh, yep. we're just going to take a break, enjoy the holidays. Same thing with sellers. They're going to wait to put their to list their homes till early next year. Mm-hmm. And that's when everybody typically decides to flood the market. So you're back to more competition. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's why now is definitely the prime time to to get out there and look. If if you're motivated, there's definitely deals to be had for sure. Right. And I mean, I know we've we've talked about this a bit, but in terms of, you know, where the interest rates are right now, like yes, they could go lower at some point, and if you have a home secured, you can refinance and you can get that lower rate. If you don't if you don't have a home to re to refi, like it doesn't matter how low the rates go, you know? Like you have to if you have that uh, property secured, you can take advantage. Like interest rates dropping doesn't mean that like you did the wrong move here or that you got screwed. It means it's great, good. Now you can right. go in and re- and refi. And the, and the extra, the added thing to consider is you're going to have a home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to get the home. <laughs> right, right. Once you have the home, then you're going to be able to build equity in that house. Mm-hmm. And we've seen year over year how much equity has people have enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the longer you wait, you're not going to have that. You're not going to have start building that equity. Right. And for some people, this is this is their only way to build that generational wealth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They have to get in, buy the house, and if, you know that's the biggest asset for them, right? So the longer you wait, the more you're going to miss out, and your rent just keeps going up, it goes mm-hmm. higher and higher. I I talk to people so much, and that's the one thing they keep telling me. Well, my rent's increasing in March. You know, I know my rent's going up. Mm-hmm. Um, so just giving them this information and getting them excited to, to really, you know, hit the pedal on, on getting serious about looking, um, it's this, such a positive, positive development. Yeah. So we're clear there's opportunity. There's mm-hmm. also some headwinds in the market right now that people need to be mindful of. So our friends over at Housing Wire, well, they're not really our friends. I don't know if they even know who we are. <laughs> I like their stuff. Uh, so uh, Logan uh, Matashami, he came out with an article, and, and he's been really on this in terms of, like, what the, what the Federal Reserve is going to do, what the policy is going to be. So he uh, had an article that came out over the weekend. It was 10 o'clock at night on Sunday he published this because it was that pertinent that after the bond and stock rally because the inflation data came in really favorable, uh, there, he, he, he said, I wonder when the Fed's going to make a comment about this. So sure enough. On Sunday, Federal Reserve uh, Governor Chris Waller made comments at this uh, economic conference in Australia that made the position pretty clear. And uh, what, what he went on to say was that, and, and these were some tweets from someone at the Wall Street Journal, so, so take that for what it is. Uh, he basically said that, uh, the, and this is from Nick, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so Nick at the Wall Street Journal the market seemed to get way out in front. I cannot just stress this is one data point. We've still got a ways to go. And then he went on to say that the Federal Reserve is not happy with the market's reaction. They know housing is in a recession and jobs are being lost. And if mortgage rates start to go to 5% and stay there, the job loss recession forecast would be harder to obtain next year. So they feel that they're way out in front of this data. Um, and when you looked at what the 10-year T-bill did, it had a yield um, that was, you know, it was, it was, uh, it, it just dropped here dramatically over that, 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 that period. So the, the fed went on to say, uh, that they're basically, 
Like I get the sense they just want to bury housing. Like I, I, do. I don't know how I, I don't know how else to say it. I'm not going to go do. through and read this whole article. Uh, they're they want people to lose their jobs. Yeah. They want this recession prediction to come true. Yeah. And what I'm worried about is their next meeting. They're going to take another policy stance that is going to force rates to go higher. Now they can't determine the rates. They can only influence them, uh, and that's based on whatever decisions they make. It's just. Uh, it says everyone's everyone basically at the Fed is saying we've got a ways to go. We're not out of this yet. You know, I I just don't think the Fed's going to play ball here. I mean, I think this is a great opportunity. The rates have come down a little bit. The markets are meant to be free markets for a reason. Uh, but they're saying that they don't want housing to flourish pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're raining on everybody's parade. <laughs> Yeah. Right, and I'm, I think that's they've been pretty open and clear on that position for for a while now. So I think, you know, we got this nice little pocket of a drop in rates, but I I don't anticipate it to continue to go down, and I would expect it to bump back up. I I, I agree with you. I I think there's the Fed's going to do whatever they can to slow this down because if you look at what, what, what's been happening here, um, I mean, in June of this year, sales were down. We know sales are down about, um, they're 1% off the historical average. In 2021, we saw an 18% jump above the historical average. So there's a big delta there. It, it's quite large. And the, the housing market going into a recession in June when sales were down, production was down, jobs were lost, incomes were lost. Everything in the housing market and jobs being lost, they, they indicated that, hey, there's like a recession happening here. Um, but you can't go and say that that that, that sector of the economy is fine while the downturn shows some disconnection from the real world. And it just seems like they're, they're, they, they, they want this to go the other way, which is really disheartening to me. It is. It is. It's, you know, they want people to lose their jobs. Right. And there's been uh, announcements of a lot of tech layoffs. I don't know if you guys are keeping track mm-hmm. of that, but there's a lot of layoffs yep. coming up. So. And there's lost jobs right there, but they want people to lose their jobs and the labor markets to get really weak. Uh, so, you know, it's it's kind of like they it's a self-fulfilling prophecy here. They're just trying to make it happen, you know, just crash the entire economy. I, I don't I don't get it. But yeah. What? And so then just when people lose their jobs, then they don't have money to spend. So uh-huh. then the spending inflation. slows down. Yes. Yeah. And the inflation comes down because the s- supply and demand. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know about you guys. We were out over the weekend at a restaurant and it, I mean, it was crazy land out there this weekend. Like people are still out. Yeah. I don't see much change in um, spending habits around our areas. You know, the malls are still crowded. The shopping's going on. People are out enjoying themselves. Um, so I, I haven't seen much of a difference in that. Yeah. And it, I mean, that, that's where it gets challenging right now. I mean, we're coming into a big spending time of the mm-hmm. year. I think the holiday season coming up here is going to be really interesting in terms of what's going to end up actually happening. And, you know, it, it, it just, the, the flip side is a lot of economists are saying that it's going to take some time for housing to really cool off because we have a supply and demand issue there. And the housing market getting balanced like it has, seeing a 30% jump in inventory still only gets inventory to like a month and a half in the suburbs. Philadelphia's seen a big jump. They're up to a four-month supply. That, that's much healthier mm-hmm. in general across the board. We've seen prices are up, you know, anywhere from, you know, uh, you know 7 to 10% this year. We're going to get into some predictions for next year. It, it's just, you, 
the, the way that their approach to this is, is they want to see more jobs getting lost so then the spending comes down, which is fine. But the, the problem is they injected so much money in the system during the pandemic that these people still have like an excess amount of, you know, cash mm-hmm. sitting around that's disposable. So knowing all of this, we know what happened. I also think the elections had something to do with this, too. Those being over, I think people were just excited and happy. They didn't yes. have to watch political commercials anymore. Yes. The, these, these elections are just out of control at this point, and it's not to be political. I think it takes everyone's focus off things like job loss and economic development. Mm-hmm. So what do we think happens here with rates Q1 of next year? Because I, I think they might dance around for the next 45 days where they are right now. Q1, where do we see rates going? Well, it really depends on how high they're going to raise um, the basis points at the end of the year because it, they're going to have they're going to make an announcement. They already threatened to to raise it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it really depends on how how much you know what's going to be the pain that they're going to inflict. Right. I think yeah. I think there's going to be some dancing for a little bit here, <laughs> and then um, I think they're going to land for Q1 still somewhere right around that like seven percent. So you think seven percent? Stacy gave a non-answer, very political of you. So what, what, do, what do you think? Where do you think they're going to come in? Seriously, I would say they're going to be over seven. So seven point two five. I I hope you guys are right. I'm I'm concerned that they're going to really push this because we still have a supply and demand issue, especially in the suburban markets. I think every every market's got these little pockets that are different. Philadelphia is totally different than the suburban markets right now, and until that inventory comes up. We're going to see more of the same here. I mean, you know, if you go into Chester County, for example, there's no housing market slowing in Chester County. Unless a home's overpriced, that, that, that's really what's happening. So mm-hmm. I, I'm a little concerned about that. I, I hope you guys are right. Um, I could see them going to eight or nine. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be shocked. I mean, it's really going to depend on what happens during the holiday season. I think that's going to be a big indicator here. Um, and having, these, having these, the election being over, the midterms were very hotly contested, probably the most hotly contested midterm election ever. And so when's the next Fed meeting? Let's look this up here. Um, is it in December or is it January? I thought it was December. So uh, it's December 13th and 14th. So I would imagine that's going to be the critical date. I think, And that's close enough to the holidays. Things may change a little bit. And, and I think they're going to raise rates again. So they're going to be Grinch. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> right before Christmas. Krampus or whatever yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah. Throwing out some more good news. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Too much. Well, I think, and I know Sarah and I, we were involved in um, a mastermind earlier today, and we were talking about um, focusing more on monthly payments. and For sure. Yeah. Focusing, getting our clients to think about what, where do you want to be as far as your monthly payment, and let's make that happen. Instead of focusing so much on interest rates, mm-hmm. focus more on how can we get you into a home at the price point that you want to be. I mean, at the yeah. at the monthly payment you want to be. Right. No, I, I'm glad you brought this up because I was thinking about that as well. Um, and something that was interesting that we had kind of talked about was if your monthly payment is where it needs to be, like, and I think the example that we were using was like your car payment. Like if you go in and you go to buy a car and it's like, all right, where do you need, what like, what do you want your monthly payment to be? And then they you know, put something together that fits your needs and hits that monthly payment, most people don't even know what their interest rate portion of that monthly payment is, you know? They just know what their monthly payment is and they like their car. And they buy it and they have this interest rate that they don't even know what it is. Right, right. So at the end of the day, if you're able to get all of the things that you're looking for or, you know, 75%, 
have it be a good fit of a home for you, one that you want to move forward with. And if you can afford that monthly payment, I don't want to say the interest rate doesn't matter, but like it kind of doesn't. Um, right. It's it's obviously something that's going to factor into what is that monthly payment going to be, and that's going to affect things. But once you have that hammered out, and if everything lines up, I mean, get the house. Get the house. Get the house. Right. You know, then yeah, just lock it up. Yeah. Because you're you're always going to have a monthly living expense. Right. You have to live somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Right. I guess some people live in their car or live with their family, but you have to live somewhere. You're going to have that living expense. Yeah. So why not be paying yourself? Right. So focus more on that monthly payment. Right. And then for like this kind of uh, goes opposite of of what we're just saying about not fixing so much on the rate. But like if you think locking in at 6.5, if you're like, oh, man, I could have had it at this other rate before. If they go up, then you win because you locked in at 6.5 rather Mm -hmm. than like hopefully not 9%, but maybe 9%. Right. And what are you waiting for? You're going to wait, what, a couple more years? Right. For something for pure speculation that may or may not happen. You're just putting your life on hold Mm -hmm. so that you can outsmart something. (laughs) I don't know. That never works out well for me. I just dive in. Right. It never works out well when people try to time the market anyway, period. And we've said this on the show a couple times. So... I, I love where I love it's hey, let's focus on the payment because that's really how you're buying the house anyway. Right. And it, what what the first house I bought, we refinanced twice because the rates came down, right? So I mean it's not an unusual thing. This happened it, it's a very common thing. Everyone's a little spoiled with these three percent rates. And what we found is that the people that are really transacting right now, we had an we had an offer writing clinic earlier today. And Sarah, you were there. So it was reload buyers are transacting, first time home buyers are transacting, people that need more space. It's really folks that are motivated are still transacting regardless of the rates. Uh, and just to give a little sneak peek of what happens in December, and we'll obviously talk about it on the show, all the predictions are that we're going to see like a half-point increase in December. And they're saying it's a little bit of a reprieve from the three-quarters of a, of, a, of, a, of a point or the 75 basis points. So, you know, maybe maybe the Fed did say they're going to start to slow things down once they get up into the mid-fours, which we're approaching now. So, um you know, if they take the originally, a lot of economists predicted in an October poll that the Fed wants to go to 4.25 to 4.5 percent on the federal funds rate by the end of the year, and it was it was expected to peak around four and a half, four point seven five. So that's kind of where things stand right now. So we all think this is a temporary sort of thing, at least until we get through the first quarter. Um, We're going to talk about 2023 predictions next, including one from Lawrence Yoon. We're going to take a quick break. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. 
No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX main line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomToolWithAnE.com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacey Mitchell. We've got Gabe behind the camera and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. So we talked about rates. We talked about what's going to happen over the next, let's call it, 45 days here. Lawrence Yoon, the chief economist at the National Association of Realtors, also was making news talking about his predictions for 2023. And and these predictions have gone a little bit all over the place. If you notice how they've changed over the past, like, 30, 60 days. So Lawrence Yoon came out and said that, even though there's elevated mortgage rates, sluggish home sales, although to me it's a fine market like we saw in 2019, inflation, all, all the things we've been talking about, he anticipates a further uptick in home prices even if mortgage rates stay at or near 7%. And what he is predicting is that we're going to see prices go up anywhere from 1% to 2% on the national median in 2023. Obviously, markets are very local. We're not going to sit here and pick those apart. What do you two think about this prediction? I definitely agree. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's good news for everyone. Like, you don't want to see that, like, values aren't going to continue to rise. Like, um, and no, I mean, you even, don't. I've right. been through this. It's <laughs> right. horrible. And I mean, even as a buyer, like, this is good news. It means that the, like, especially here locally, like, the home that you're going into is going to continue to increase. Um, in value. Now, does it do it in leaps and bounds as it had in previous years? I mean, not to that extent, most likely, but as long as it's continuing to go up, that is good news for everybody. I agree. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I, my personal feeling about this is that they're going to mm-hmm. continue to increase in value. We're still going to have um, the uh, supply and demand issue. Mm-hmm. I don't know where new supply is coming from in the next couple of years. 
I don't see an influx of sellers hitting the market all of a sudden. I mean, to the extent where it's going to make that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. But I do see the, um, the, the buyer pool increasing. I do. Because people are, it's the millennials are still trying to get into housing. Mm-hmm. They want to start their lives. You know, they're still, they're in that, they're having, if not one child already, they're going to have more, you know, there's more kids on the way. Um, so they're going to, they're definitely going to, there's going to be a need. So let me give you all the predictions that are out there right now. And this has changed dramatically. I would even over the past 30 days, 60 days. So the NAR, Lawrence June, they're predicting a 1.2% increase on the median sale price. Uh, the mortgage bankers association is a 0.7% increase. Freddie Mac is predicting a 0.2% decline. Uh, Fannie Mae is predicting a 1.5% decline. Ivy Zellman's predicting a 5.1% decline. And the Home Price Expectation Survey, which is a culmination of about 100 experts through Pulsonomics that get paid to do this stuff, they're predicting a 2.6% increase in home sale prices. So it, it it's kind of, I, I would say it's all over the board. There's a range of what, you know, 7 to 8% here that there's a spread. Um, what Stacy said it, to me is is so critical that there's just not enough homes for sale. I can speak to our market specifically. Other places like the high foreclosure markets in 2008, 2009, like Nevada, California, Florida, Ohio, and Arizona, I could see them having some 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 decreases just because there's more inventory there. There's a lot of new homes. They're all kind of the same mm-hmm. too. Like you go to these neighborhoods and it's literally the same home all over the place. Mm-hmm. We don't really have that here. It's a much different marketplace and and in that 2008 to 2012 depression, I was selling real estate, and we didn't see the same lows those other places saw. So I'm with you locally here. I, I, until inventory comes up, it's just not going to happen. And especially in the neighborhoods people want to move to, you know, Center City, Philadelphia, while Philadelphia is different, I don't see Center City getting any cheaper anytime soon. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not expanding the footprint. Rittenhouse Square is not getting any bigger. Right. Um, and, and the same thing goes for a lot of the suburban neighborhoods as well. So I, I do agree with Lauren Chun here, and to your point, there's just there, there's still a lot of demand that's got to be that's got to happen. So with all of this, um, I mean, a, a lot of folks are changing their predictions. Do you, I, I think the predictions were too lofty to begin with. I mean, Zillow was talking about seventeen percent year over year appreciation. That to me is ridiculous. Yeah. Was that that was for twenty twenty two? Uh twenty twenty two and then part of this year they I mean, but that was like in January of twenty twenty two. Right. And right, the numbers yeah. settled in between like seven and ten percent. So um I, I, their numbers have obviously been all over the place. So I, I think people were too optimistic to begin with. And now we're coming down to this is a normal appreciation market that we see. Right. Which is Two, great. Yeah. That, that's fine. That's mm-hmm. that's what you expect. It's it's more of a balanced market and this is more of, hey, this is what happened in twenty nineteen. It's what happened in twenty eighteen. You don't have the Fed bringing rates down to fend off the recession we had in 2020 that everyone forgets about. So the economic, this is what the Fed was going to do in 2020 if the pandemic didn't happen, by the way. They were going to raise rates up because they were too low to begin with. So what should consumers be aware of heading into the 2023 market? What's some advice that's probably contradictory to what they've heard over the past 24 months, whether they heard it from their friends or they watch the news and all, all the bad data that's out there. What, what, what do you want them to know as we head into the end of this year and the beginning of next year? I would say know the difference between uh, national data and local data. Because even just as you know, we're reading some of those different numbers there, like you have to take into. So if they're saying if their averages are the spreads that you gave there, that's already taking into account that there are going to be some areas 
that are going to see a loss. Your Nevadas, your California, mm-hmm. some of these different areas. So at the same time, there's going to be some places like our local market, I believe, that the appreciation is going to be going at a, a higher pace. And that's how they're getting their average. So you can't just look at the this is what's going on nationally and then expect that to be what happens locally. Right. So my advice would be to talk to a local expert. They can tell you somebody that's in the market all the time, like that's their mm-hmm. full time gig mm-hmm. in the market. Uh, they know what's going on. They they got, you know, their their uh, hand on the pulse there. So talk to them. Don't talk to your uncle who bought a house 35 years ago. <laughs> you know, talk to somebody who's actually in it and they can tell you exactly what's going on in, in our local market. Because every house that sells that has multiple offers and those folks miss out, there's only one offer mm-hmm. that wins. Mm-hmm. So that person secures their house. If there were 10 other offers, I was just involved in that this weekend, there those people are still motivated to buy. They're putting offers in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just think that you have to talk to a local expert. You have to keep your eye on the prize. You know, you have to stay positive. Mm-hmm. And if you are motivated and you do want to transact, there's, you can, right. you, there's opportunity out there. Right. So to give you an example of how the opportunity has changed, uh, I want I want to share two stats with everybody. Um, one is the average list to sales price ratio, how it's changed since the beginning of the year. Because if you look at the, the year-to-date numbers, they're going to be skewed. You got 12 months of activity in there. I want to talk about what happened in the month of October specifically. So in uh, Chester County, year-to-date, the average list to sales price ratio is 102.7%. It has dropped to 100.2%. So people are basically paying the asking price, which is you know unheard of a couple years ago. People never wanted to pay the asking price. In Delaware County, same trend, 101.2% year-to-date list-to-sales price ratio, meaning they're asking $100,000, they get $101,200. Dropped to 98.7% in the month of October, so just under. In Montgomery County, 102.3% year-to-date, 99.9% in the month of October. And in Philadelphia, 96.7% year-to-date, 94.8% for the month of October. So we're seeing that exactly what you're talking about, that there is that less competition. There, there's there's always going to be homes that have multiple offers. I mean, some mm-hmm. people want to move to, like, certain neighborhoods. The seller might intentionally underprice it to move it. Mm-hmm. That, that stuff happens. Um, when you see the trend move a full, like, two percentage points or so, back to the where we've seen the norm kind of come in, that tells me the market is going the other way. There's opportunity, but we're not seeing prices come down. I mean, mm-hmm. e- even in Philadelphia, we've seen the uh, year-over-year change in the median sale price is 2.5% up, 8.1% in Montgomery. In Delaware, it's 9.8%, Delaware County, that is, and 9.4% increase in Chester County. So the numbers are all aligned here, but that, that also demonstrates your point of the local market. Philadelphia is a different market than the suburban counties. And even when you get into these counties, like one school district, one township, one town can be a very big difference. So th- these are all signs of a normal market. I cannot stress this enough. This is what the market looked like before. People were just coming down from that incredible, unsustainable COVID-19 <laughs> market from 2020 to twenty. 20- 22 about you know midway through the year here mm-hmm. and you'll see you, uh, there are homes that have been on the market mm-hmm. you know if, if you look and I, I scroll down days on market 10 oh to me that speaks volumes that's like 
here is a, a real opportunity. Right. And if you have, you know, if you call that listing agent, there's like no offers in hand, there's your opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. You can go in at asking price, get your inspections, mm-hmm. do some negotiations. Right. And that, you know, and maybe there's opportunity to do, um, you know, ask for seller credits for to buy down your rate. Mm-hmm. So think about that. What, right. if, what if you were able to get that done for right. your clients? Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Well said. So not not a whole lot more to unpack here than it sounds like we're all in agreement that the market's going to continue to be a healthy market for consumers. We're going to see prices go up locally here. I'm glad we're all on the same page. And more importantly, this is going to be good for the consumer because it's going to eliminate that fear of buying a depreciation, depreciating asset. So mm-hmm. we're going to take another quick break. We're going to come back. And this is something I'm very passionate about the skills required for an agent in 2023, what the outlook is, how people are going to have to do things differently. We're going to unpack a whole lot of stats here and talk about what agents should get clear on in terms of making their business plan. We've done a lot of that individually with you two. So we're going to go in exactly what it's going to take to win in 2023 for a real estate agent. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at MyMortgageAmerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at TomTool.com. That's TomTool with an E dot com. Get more out of your real estate career, and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. All right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. We've got Gabe behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. 
And if you want to tune in, we're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Subscribe and follow. So this is something I'm pretty charged up about this. And, and I, I think you both know this just from being around me the past, you know, 30, 60, 90 days. 2023 is shaping up to require different skills for the types of agents that are going to have success because the market is different. To give some perspective, there's just over 1.5 million agents in the country. Half of them, according to the National Association of Realtors, still have not sold a home yet in 2022. It's the middle of November. It's not happening at this point. Half, so half, half, half wow. one half, 0.5, 50%. I'm wondering what percentage of those are trying to sell a house. It's a good question. I mean, there, I, there's some people that get their license and I think just decide they don't want to work and they, they don't right. like it. I mean, I, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how to explain it. Obviously, the three of us, I think, are wired a little differently than most people. Um, and, and I would argue that that's kind of how, how we are. So I've been talking to a lot of coaches, trainers in the industry, you know, really positioning us to take advantage of the new market because I'm clear there's a lot of opportunity for the people that are ready for it to give some perspective and I, I find this is a time of year when a lot of folks look for, like, the grass is greener, the better, what's the better environment because they don't like what they're doing. We have seen 23.5% of real estate agents in Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery counties change brokerages so far this year. Wow. And we've seen 24.3% in the city of Philadelphia change brokerages. And these numbers come from showing time along with the Tri-County Board of Realtors and the Greater Philadelphia Area Realtors Association. So... When I, when I see this stuff happen, and I, I want to get into the actual, what, what the plan is here, it tells me two things. Some people, they're just, they're just not ready for the job. I mean, if half of these people didn't sell a home yet, mm-hmm. a quarter of them are trying to figure out a place where they can go sell a home. The flip side of this is that I know the best place to be, in my view, is where you're working and where you're happy. So if you've got the resources, you've got all that stuff, that's great. I'm so clear that there's agents, and we've seen them, you've probably done deals with them, that they just kind of showed up and were in the right place at the right time and sold a house over the past two years. Anyone come to mind? We're not going to name names here. Quite a few. Quite a few. And you're like, (laughs) how did that person sell this house? Right. It it gets you, like, angry sometimes. Or you're like, you take it personally. How did they get this listing? Right. That's what I was just going to say. Like, how did this happen? Yes. I I, I couldn't agree more. And. Sometimes just being in the right place at the right time because the market was easy and a strong market creates weak skills. The consumer wasn't vetting people like they do. Now that things are changing, I've seen a big change in how we've all approached our clients where it's like you're meeting with them again. You're having those meetings, those consultations. So I was watching something from Phil Jones, master trainer. He wrote, uh, wrote, excuse me, What You Say Matters, which is the number one downloaded business book ever. I found that online somewhere. Phil, I'm going to trust you on that. And he said something I found was, was pretty interesting. He did our 5 a.m. call this morning as well. And he said there's a lot of agents out there that are, that are wishing things will get easier. And then there's agents that are working to get better. There's really two types of them. And he said there's never been a better time to differentiate yourself. And agents are focused on the wrong interest rates. It's not about six and a half or seven and a quarter. It's about the interest rate in helping their clients achieve their goals. So hearing that, what comes to mind? And then let's talk about some of the things that agents are going to have to get good at again or recommit to to be successful in 2023. Because if you're not ready to do the things that it takes, it doesn't matter where you're working. You could be at any different place out there. It's about what you're going to do and how you're going to take control of your business. 
I couldn't agree with that more. And but that's that's just in life in general. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get away from yourself. Right. Like people, they're you know, they're in a certain area and they think it's the area that's the problem. And I'm just going to move out of the area. Well, guess what? You you are moving yourself <laughs> with yeah. you. You still have the problems, <laughs> right, right? right? I mean, that's the way it is. But the other thing is too, wishing doesn't get you anywhere. Like I hear it all the time in in the fitness industry. Oh, I wish I could lose weight. I wish. I wish. No, you can't wish for those things. You have to you have to work at it. And it's a constant, consistent, daily work ethic that's going to get you to your goals. That's just the reality of it. So that is applied to everything including real estate and your real estate business. So I I just you have to be different. You have to bring value to your clients. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much in every business also. Right. If you're not bringing value, you're not you're you're not going to have clients. Right. And I think it's really taking the time to get to know your clients and to get to know, you know, what what are not only like the must-haves and whatnot in the house, but also like what's going on with them personally, like what you know, motivation, like just kind of taking it all back to basics, which is something that can be tricky depending on how open your clients are with you. Because there are certainly times where, like, you, you're you trying to get more info out of them and connect with them. And it's like, all right, I have another call coming in. Got to go. Bye. You know? Right. And um, and then sometimes it's hard to, like, continue to push for that when they're, you're not really getting it back. Um, but I think it's important to always know what it is that you're trying, like, what info you're trying to get from them so that you can then better help them. Exactly. And it, it is about relationships and it's building the trust. Mm-hmm. Because I know when I work with people, contractors and, and things like that, I, it is about a trust. Can mm-hmm. I trust these folks in my house? Can I trust these people that they'll do a good job? Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about relationship building. And how do you how do, you do that? Are, how, are you personable? Right. How do you do that? You know, do you focus on them, mm-hmm. not on you? Are you the only one talking in the room all the time? Right. No, you have to listen. You have to listen to folks. You have to listen to what they're saying and, you know, make them the center of attention. Right. It's all about them. Right. And I think that when you do that, it makes other pieces of, of the transaction and everything fall into place because it's not about anything other than what is what do your clients need and how can we get them to it? Exactly. A hundred percent. And you're there to facilitate. Mm -hmm. It's not, you're not the one buying the house. Right. So your opinion of the house, (laughs) you know, you you hate the blue color. Who cares? It's Mm -hmm. them. Do they love the blue color? That's that they love it. Oh, great. I love it too. Right. You know, the focus is on their needs and Mm -hmm. their wants. So prioritizing the client is number one. one. And I I love that because that to me is is why someone actually gets into real estate is they want to you know, people want to make money. They want to. They want to have a career. I get all that. They want to take control of their life. That's all good. But you have to actually want to help people through a stressful time. And mm-hmm. if you don't like doing that, and you don't like talking on the phone, you're in the wrong business. I'm just gonna. Totally. If you don't. If you don't like working with people, just just turn in your license now, and <laughs> and and go away. Because it, it it to me, you're dealing with people all the time. Realtors right. get paid to talk. I mean that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned about building trust, and I, I think there's some tangible skills around that that a lot of people have gotten away from. Um, anything that comes to mind here, I bullet pointed out a few um, that that I'm clear are going to be really, really critical and what's going to be required to have a really successful business. And I would argue that the people that commit to doing these things are going to be wildly successful in 2023 because 
the interview style of hiring a real estate agent is going to be back. It's not going to be who can show me the home at this 15 minute window mm-hmm. because that's the only time I can go. And there's a line out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, as far as building trust, I think if you say something, if you tell someone you're going to do something, you better do it. Yeah. So you integrity. better be integrity. You better follow through. If I say, okay, I'm going to set up automatic searches. I'm going to send over some cost sheets. I'm going to do it. Right. They're going to get it in their inbox. If I'm going to follow up with them, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, that right there builds trust. Right. Right. Well, and especially when it's like, and I think that's important the entire way through the process. For like sure. 100%. But I would say the first couple things, absolutely. Like, no matter how small they are, like, if if you say you're going to do those things, like, if mm-hmm. you start off on the wrong foot, it's really hard to come back from that yes. versus like if a little bit further in, not that I'm saying that's like, okay, but if you said, I'm going to send you a cost sheet tonight and then you get it to them first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be, in, unless if they needed it that evening for some reason, but like they know that you follow through. Yes. Right. So like at that, that point, come. like, right, that it will come um, versus like if the very first thing is like, well, they said they're going to do this and I don't mm-hmm. see it yet. <laughs> right. well, there's, there's not a big margin for error at the beginning mm-hmm. because you're, you're literally interviewing every time you sell a home, someone's interviewing you to be their advisor, be their guide, whatever else. I love what you guys said there, especially because one of our values at our team is integrity and it's mm-hmm. doing what you say you will when you say you will. So mm-hmm. that made me smile on many levels. You too rock. Um, I would also argue interpreting market data and communicating it to someone in terms they can understand. Mm-hmm. No one cares what an LTV is right. or right. like think about all the jargon we learn or yeah. in AOS or using all these different things that are there. It's uh, here's the contract to buy the home. Mm-hmm. Here's what the, the, the percentage here means. This is how much money you're borrowing against the value of the property based on the price you're paying. The more people use jargon and it, it it gets people confused and I'll take it one step further and something we've been working on. And I th- I give both of you guys a lot of credit because you've really leaned into this. And, and I'd be curious what you have to say about this is that understanding all this economic stuff that's going on and being able to communicate it to consumers and thing in terms and ways they can understand because this affects their purchase. But if you're talking about the federal funds rate, I mean, you've probably lost 90% of the room. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, have, have you two spent more time studying the market and being able to, like, communicate it properly? I, I think this is this is something that most agents, they don't even spend the time looking at. They just think, oh, I'm just going to go sell this house, and that's going to be it. Yeah, I mean, I think it also makes you feel a lot more confident as you're guiding the person through what's going on because you, you know what's going on. So you can, and no matter what it is that you're telling them, like, it's not you doing it. It's that's what's going on in mm-hmm. the market and being able to say, like, this this is what's going on. Like, this is what we've seen. Um, and it, it makes you feel a lot more comfortable going through those steps and those questions. Right. No matter who you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. If you're speaking to folks who have, you know, been through this process numerous times, they have a financial background, they know a lot more. Um, but if you can communicate what what you know as an agent mm-hmm. and what you see in the market every day that you're in, um, they, you know, they can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And they'll they'll... You know, it, it might be a little easier transaction or harder depending on right, how much right. you have to convince them that, you know, I know this isn't doesn't make financial sense sometimes. But right, right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I know you don't want to pay over asking price, but in this situation you have to. Right. But and then come the other folks who don't have any of this background, never been through the process before, and you have to chunk it down so that they can understand it and digest the mm-hmm. information. Um, so that they feel comfortable. I think that's that is what you have to finesse, and that's what you really 
it's really important that you're able to do both. Right. And all in between. Yeah. Well said. All right. Here's another one. Create no pressure selling situations and giving advice that is contrary to your own interest, a.k.a. not having commission Mm -hmm. breath. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is you go to a home and you know it's not the right home for them, telling them, hey, I don't think you're going to like this super busy road that this home is sitting on or that's going to even they like the house. This is going to hurt the resale value, even if it's 30 years from now. And saying those sort of things and taking your interest out of it and giving that kind of advice to me. That's what people want, and I, I think that's a really important thing that a lot of agents, you know, they're so used to, hey, um, all right, you like this house, bid 100000 uh, above the asking price, wave inspections, and give me your firstborn child. And right. like that's yeah. been kind of been what a lot of agents felt like they had to do, and this is how to sell, is just detach from the outcome. Well, yeah. and I think that when you point out those things, if that's maybe that is something that actually isn't that big of a deal to them. But then it was their decision and you made For them aware sure, of yeah. it, mm-hmm. which makes them know that you have their interest in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're going through a house, if you see something that sticks out to you and they don't catch or they don't right. notice and you point that out. Yeah. I think that speaks volumes. And again, that's going back to building trust. Mm-hmm. Love that. All right. Here's another one. Uh, Sarah, you are excellent at this. And you've been uh, staying positive and keeping everyone moving forward because you're going to have losses in these transactions. I know a couple years ago, I think you had like six people lose out on offers, but then you sold five of them houses in the next like three weeks. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. It, it was a great job, <laughs> is what it was. It was also around this time of year, by the way, when yeah. everyone thinks you can't sell houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how important is that? Because we've all had people that have lost out on like a deal falls apart on the listing side, people lose out on an offer. How, fo- how important is that positivity and keeping your folks moving towards their motivation? I would say so, like, so, so important. Because, like, if you get frustrated and you lose it, like, what do you think they're going to do? You know, like, mm-hmm. they're the ones that also were emotionally invested in the home. Um, so you have to, like, let them know that, like, we'll have more opportunity. And, um, yeah, I think staying positive is very important. <laughs> it is. I mean, it is pretty much everything for some people. Yeah. Like you can tell with each stomach punch that they get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's, and it is tough, but you have to, you have to, you know, well, we'll, we'll continue to look, we'll get out there. You know, we'll, we'll, it will, it's so cliche, but it always does work out the way mm-hmm. it's supposed to. Right. And yep. it is so cliche, but it happens every single time. Uh, over documented over. improvement. Yes. I mean, I, I've, yes. I've been through it just like both of you have. Yep. So, no, and the negative attitude doesn't really attract a lot of people. And you can right. spot someone with a bad attitude about like literally three, four miles away. And that's not the kind of person that most folks are going to want to work with. This is an emotional decision for a lot yeah. of people, whether they're selling their family home, they're selling a home they've lived in, or they're buying a place where they want to like, you know, be, be for the long term with whatever their household looks like. So that's another really important one. Um, we're going to be short on time. Here. I got two more. So this one I, I think is probably the thing a lot of people have just kind of ignored altogether, which is realize that we are in a nurturing and lead generation game, follow up, build trust, and have a daily number you're going to commit to around talking to new people and setting new appointments. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the way to stay successful. <laughs> yeah, you have to keep reaching out. You have to keep nurturing um, and building the pipeline. Yeah, you well, and I, like to. very rare, like I know that the last couple of years maybe were a little bit different, but like very rarely do you meet somebody and then they're like, yep, let's go. And then within like a week, you've wrapped something. Like it's all, right. it's much more long-term than that. It's a long game. Yeah. Do you two find yourself 
more interested in your numbers right now than you were maybe a year or a year and a half ago, given what's going on in the market? I'm always interested in my numbers. <laughs> okay, I love that. Um, have you recommitted to numbers? I have recommitted okay. to numbers. So have yeah. I. So last one is bigger the pipeline, the bigger the business, because you have to have a big pool of folks to convert, and it's going to take time, and things happen that are out of your control. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're getting played out here. So you want to follow Sarah. She's on Instagram. It's at Ty underscore Ty time. You can follow Stacy at the number two Mitchco. You can follow me at TomTool3RD, and we're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. That's it for this week's episode of Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.